following message is presented by Fellowship Bible Church from its weekly pulpit ministry. We offer an expositional study through entire books of the Bible, one verse, paragraph, or chapter at a time. We pray that you'll be blessed by listening in. Thanks for visiting. Good evening. Blessing to gather with everyone again this evening. And uh, for those who perhaps are just joining us online, either right after being with us for prayer or maybe you're watching this at a later time, uh, we welcome you. We hope that uh, you're blessed by the ministry here that we have at this church uh, under pastor and others that teach. And uh, this evening we're going to continue our study in the book of Ruth. Uh, this is our third uh, time in this book here this, uh, this evening. The first week we looked at some introductory material, background information to the book of Ruth. And then last, uh, I guess this past Sunday evening it just was, that we looked at the first 14 verses of chapter 1. And uh, last time we looked at those 14 verses and which described uh, the sad events which left Naomi both without husband and her two sons. And uh, this is a crisis not only on a personal level for Naomi, which we saw where she was deeply grieved over this fact, where she believes that God is afflicting her uh, for no exactly known reason that's written here in the book of Ruth, or at least that she expresses, but not just here on a personal level, but also a potential crisis for the Davidic line, and that's the theme and purpose of, or the primary theme of the book of Ruth. The author is uh, displaying through this historical narrative event that has taken place in history how God has divinely preserved the Davidic line in a beautiful fashion, as is written about in the book of Ruth. Of course, God's preservation of Elimelech's family should be no surprise to us, uh, but the way in which he does it is very beautiful and described here in depth. And so we continue our study this evening, uh, beginning and picking up in verse 15, and we'll look at this evening verses 15 all the way through uh, verse 18. Just a shoot a few short verses this evening, uh, but there is a lot for us to consider here in these verses. So let me pick up this evening with you as you follow along in Ruth chapter 1, verse uh, 15. And uh, for a little bit of background or context, uh, let me pick up just actually a few verses back in in verse 11. So uh, Naomi has uh, begun her travels back to Bethlehem after hearing that Uh, God has visited his people, we see that in verse 6, by giving them bread after a time, perhaps a decade or so, of famine. And so she's begun her travel back to her homeland, and Orpah and uh, Ruth, her daughters-in-law, have followed her uh, partway on this journey. And in verse 11 it says, But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters, why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Verse 12, turn back, my daughters, go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them till they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Verse 14, 
says, Then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Then in verse 15 it says, And she said, Look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. Now, we see this is the fourth time, actually, that Naomi has urged her daughter-in-law to return to her own people. We see the first one in verse 8, where uh, she says, And Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go, return each to your mother's house. In verse 8, Naomi urges them to return to their mother's home. And we said that by stating it in this way, instead of to your father's home, Naomi is relaying her intentions that her daughters-in-law will find another husband when they return and will find their security and protection and provision from those potential husbands. And then we also see the second and third uh, urging for them to go back to their homeland in verse 11 where she says to them in verse 11, turn back, why will you go with me? And then in verse 12 again, turn back, my daughters, go. After Orpah and Ruth respond to Naomi's suggestion, suggestion stating that they would rather go with Naomi, uh, Naomi urges them uh, again a second and third time here. And in these verses, verses 12, or 11, 12, and 13, Naomi gives three reasons why it would be not in their best interest to return with her to the land of Judah. And uh, we see this in verse 11 where she asks them these questions uh, kind of in a rhetorical sense, implying that the answer uh, is uh, unreasonable for them to return. She says, why would you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb? We know that she would be, uh, that Naomi at this time is uh, older in age, perhaps 40 or even 50 years old at this point, and near uh, the end of what would be life expectancy, perhaps in that day for a woman, and much less way past her childbearing days, even if she were to find a husband uh, today, as she says. And so after arguing with, or not arguing, but presenting these arguments uh, to her daughters-in-law that uh, it would be unreasonable for them to return, we see that uh, in verse 14, Orpah is convinced uh, by these arguments, but is still grieved at the thought of leaving her mother-in-law. Nevertheless, though, she does. She kisses her and says her goodbyes and goes her way. We see this, we know this because of what verse 15 says. But look at the end of verse 14. It says, uh, after Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, Ruth clung to her. Ruth is still, we see, set on returning with her mother-in-law, even after uh, being urged three times already uh, to go home to her people. She is still convinced that she is still desiring to go with Naomi. And the fact that uh, the author says she clung to her demonstrates that she is unmoved by those arguments, however sensible they may seem. And Naomi's fourth attempt to convince Ruth to go back to her home is unsuccessful. We see this in the following few verses as this unfolds. Look at verse 15 with me as we look through the following verses here. 
Naomi says to her again a fourth time, Look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return, she urges her again, after your sister-in-law. Now, you may wonder why Naomi, a worshiper of Yahweh, would encourage Ruth to, like her sister-in-law, return to her gods. This would not be a very uh, Yahwistic perspective, it would seem, that she would, in, would want to encourage Ruth to continue in that fashion and, or in that form of worship uh, when, of course, she would believe that Yahweh is the only one true living God who deserves worship. So why would Naomi say this? Well, uh, if she were a good missionary, as it were, we might say, we would expect her to discourage Ruth from returning and worshiping the Moabite gods, namely uh, Chemosh, who was their divine god, a very uh, grotesque, may I say, too, god whom they worshipped, including even child sacrifice. However, uh, in light of the context, it's probably, probably not that Naomi is encouraging Ruth to return to her religious activities of worshiping the Moabite uh, gods, but is rather that uh, Naomi is using this religious reference as a means of identification. She is imploring and urging uh, uh, Ruth to return to her people and to her gods. And in that day, a people group was identified not just by their homeland or their people, their clan, but also by uh, their religious beliefs or who they identified with, what gods they identified with. And so just as the Jews were identified with their worship of Yahweh and the temple worship, so the Moabites were identified by their worship of their gods and their respective gods that they worshiped. And so it's more likely that uh, Naomi is imploring her to return to her, her people group, her gods, as, more of, as a means of identification, not to worship them. Now, uh, so Naomi has made uh, one last urging to Ruth, but we see that, uh, again, Ruth is unmoved, and we see this by what Ruth says in the following few verses. Look with me at verse 16 and 17, where Ruth says this. She says, Entreat me not to leave you or to return or to turn back from following you, for wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. We see here that Ruth picks up the narrative, the story, the discourse here, and urges Naomi to stop pressuring her uh, to return to her land. And she follows this with a poetic-like statement that expresses her deep commitment to Naomi and much more. In the following verses here, in verses 16 and 17, we see a threefold declaration that ends with an oath, invoking Yahweh as a witness to this pledge. 
And uh, we could break up, as I just said, this following uh, poetic-like statement in three declarations. You see the first one in the first two lines where she says to Naomi, Entreat me not to leave you or to return from following after you. So this is the urge here uh, that she, or the, the uh, imploring that she does to Naomi. And then here's the first declaration uh, in the middle of verse 16, where she says, For wherever you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. The first declaration here that we see is that Ruth is desiring to continue on with Naomi. She declares that she is committed to following her and to go with her back to Bethlehem and continue the travel with her. Furthermore, not only is she willing and committed to going with her, but she is willing and committed and desiring to lodge with her, to to literally to stay with her, to abode with her, to be with her in her home, to make her home, that is Naomi's home, her own home and her own dwelling place. The second declaration in this oath that Ruth makes is that she says at the end of verse 16, your people shall be my people. We can see here perhaps an ever-increasing commitment that Ruth is making to Naomi. She's not only going to continue on with her path and her travels, back to Bethlehem, but once she arrives in Bethlehem, she is going to make her home with Naomi. She's going to abide with her, to stay with her. And furthermore, her commitment is to make Naomi's people her own people. We see here an ever-increasing intertwining of Ruth's life with Naomi's life and a great deep desire to be with Naomi. Of course, to make her people her own people would mean that she would be a part of the Jewish community, to make her home with the Jewish people there, and uh, most likely then continue on with the, the societal kind of living that took place in the Jewish community, which would include the worship of Yahweh. And we see that uh, implied as well at the end of verse 16, where she says, And your God, my God. Now, uh, there are many that will use this passage as a means of declaring that Ruth is making uh, a statement of faith in Yahweh at this point, that perhaps we could say this is Ruth's conversion experience that's taking place where she is turning from her allegiance to the Moabite gods to her faith in Yahweh. And uh, I, may, I may be uh, swimming up water, I don't know, I haven't done enough study, uh, to say that I don't actually believe that that's what's happening here. I don't think this is uh, a conversion experience that's taking place. We know from the rest of Ruth that it seems that Ruth does uh, have a somewhat of a relationship with Yahweh, Uh, that continually grows. But I don't think that this is specifically what Ruth is declaring at this point. She's not declaring a faith in God. She's declaring her allegiance to Naomi and to her 
her willingness and desire to follow her. And just like we said uh, earlier on where uh, Naomi is imploring Ruth to return to her land and to her people and to her gods, where we said that this wasn't necessarily that Naomi was encouraging her to continue worship of the Moabite gods. It was just a form of identification. I think that's what is happening here in a similar fashion. Uh, Naomi, or excuse me, Ruth is, is merely making a statement of identification, not a faith or a faith experience or conversion. She's identifying herself with Naomi by calling out the fact that she will make Naomi's God her own God. So uh, we see that then in verse 17 that her intertwining of her life with Naomi's life continues even more deeply where she says, where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. There will I be buried. We see now also that uh, this oath that Ruth is making is not some short-lived oath that she's willing to make. It's not as if she's willing to only go back for a time or as long as seems convenient or as long as there's bread in the land or as long as uh, there's fruitfulness for her own life. She is willing to go even to the point of death. And she states this openly and, and, and expresses it very uh, deeply. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. And, and in that sense, too, the, the fact that she says that she will be buried where Naomi is buried is, again, a reference, uh, a collective reference to her relationship with Naomi's family. Because to be buried where Naomi is buried would be to be, would be, to be buried in the plot of that family, of Elimelech's family, to be associated with that family. And so Ruth... Uh, we see here is desiring to be associated with Naomi's family. And then at the end of verse 17, Ruth says this at the end, a final uh, word uh, that solidifies this oath to Naomi. She says, The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. We see that Ruth is willing to, to end this oath with a self-imprecatory statement. She is willing to invoke calamity from Yahweh if she were to not fulfill this pledge to Naomi. Ruth is serious. We see that here by this statement. She's not about to go back on her word. This pledge has been solidified. She has invoked Yahweh's uh, witness his attention to bear witness that what she has said is what she is committed to keeping and that she is willing and desiring to go with Naomi all the way. Now, in verse 18, this is Naomi's response to what Ruth has just said. She says here in verse 18, when she, that is Naomi, saw that she was determined to go with her. She stopped speaking to her. We see here finally that after four times of imploring and urging Ruth to return to her own people, to Moab, 
that uh, she is not able to convince Ruth to do anything else but to return with her. And so she stops urging her, and she willingly allows her at this point to continue on with her. Now, uh, let me read the, the remainder of this passage and, uh, and let you uh, bring light to where we'll be going next as uh, the, the narrative continues. In verse 19, it says, Now the two of them went on, went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, Is this Naomi? But she said to them, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. Now, as we look at this passage, I want to call your attention just before we close here, especially to verses 20 and 21, which is uh, kind of the crux of this passage in this immediate context, where Naomi is expressing uh, really the depth of her heart and how she feels she has been treated by God. And uh, next time when we look at this passage, um, my desire is to call out uh, the kind of attitude that Naomi has and compare that or parallel that with how we ought to deal with uh, affliction in our lives, how we ought to deal with situations in which uh, we feel that we are being tested or tried or, or how we should respond to uh, what seems to be uh, God's hand against us, though it's... Uh, really not in the same way that Naomi is perceiving it to be. So how do we deal with affliction? How do we deal with uh, things that could cause us to be bitter against God? What should be our biblical response to those kind of situations in our lives? I hope that uh, though our time this evening has been short and uh, our text as well has been short, we see though in this text uh, the allegiance that Ruth has to Naomi and the relationship uh, that is there, one that is intimate, one that is um, intertwined with a love both for her mother-in-law, but also we will see a love for God's own people and for God himself, for Yahweh, as the story continues. Let's close this evening in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for uh, your word. We thank you for narrative stories like this. Though, um, Lord, sometimes uh, we seem we feel maybe disconnected from uh, the culture or from uh, the kind of uh, historical event itself. Lord, we can learn much from these characters, uh, and especially from their character in the conduct uh, which they display, Lord, in the kindness, the affection, Lord, the allegiance that they show, the kind of familial relationships uh, that took place here in this story. Lord, we thank you for the character of Ruth and her love for uh, Naomi.
Lord, may we demonstrate the same kind of love uh, for those that are a part of our family. Lord, and even as our brother Drew has prayed tonight, Lord, we thank you for the deep intimacy that we have in Christ. Lord, that the God that I serve is the God that Drew serves, and and likewise, others that are here with us this evening. And uh, we can can rightly say... uh, that uh, my God is is your God, and uh, what a blessing that is to to state that and to know that, and the peace and comfort and joy that that brings to our relationships with one another, and with you, our heavenly Father. Lord, bless now, Lord, the rest of our evening as we go our way. May our fellowship be sweet, and may our witness be bold and pure and undefiled as we go our way. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here in person. And uh, for those who are online, we bid you adieu. May the Lord bless you and his grace be upon you. Amen. Have a good evening.